0: Broadway for Monday, January 14th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanenny. And I am Broadway stars James Marino. James, we uh, made it through BroadwayCon.
1: We did. We did. It was a lot of fun.
0: It was a harrowing experience. You can call it fun. I will call it harrowing. Ah. (laughs) I am exhausted. It was was a ton of fun. It was great to see people, um, not only listeners, but people that I've worked with and talked to for years, but never actually met in person. Um, I said uh, to a couple people, maybe even you that, uh, Broadway con is probably not for me and is like just my personality, but I am so glad that the folks that were there and, um, found us a spot where they could share their love for theater and share um you know their passion for that in a safe spot um I, so I'm really glad that they had that for me it was a little overwhelming it was a little much uh, it was a little tiring but we had a great time and We did our first ever live show for this week on Broadway. Um, It it happened on Saturday. You got that episode out right away on Saturday afternoon, so it was in the feed on Saturday as opposed to Sunday. But that was a lot of fun. We had seven people up on the panel, and it was a great time kind of discussing what we're looking forward to for the rest of the 2018-2019 Broadway season.
1: Yeah, I think – I, I think that that is the first and only Broadway radio episode that was recorded live and where we could see each other while we 're recording i 'm not I think that 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 's true uh, Wow. and uh, as you mentioned, a lot of us uh, at Broadway Radio had never actually been in the same room where it happens so um, it was uh it was interesting that aspect of it and get a feel for the audience so uh yeah it's in the feed it was a good discussion about what's coming up uh in this season and we went off into a tangent about the Tony awards so that, that was fun a fun discussion as well uh so yeah uh i'm very i'm very excited with not only how this week on broadway went but also broadway con back at the hilton i felt was a much better feel than the javits the javits is just too, too big, and there's four or five or even six conferences going on at once and BroadwayCon was just one of the many different things that were going on. If you wanted to go upstairs and buy a yacht, you could have, but it just didn't feel warm and intimate as much as it does at the Hilton, so I hope that they continue at the Hilton if it works out for the BroadwayCon folks. Yeah, and it's nice that it was in Midtown as well. Yeah, that's exactly it. All right. So first up in the news, the Palace Theatre renovations already hit a snag.
0: Yeah, James. So this is not great news, I don't think, but apparently the renovations of the Palace Theatre were supposed to begin next month. And the process was scheduled to take three years to complete. And for me, from a Personal standpoint, that seems like a long time to be without the palace on Broadway, but that's neither here nor there at this point. But there has been a bit of of a delay as the owners um, or the developers behind the project are seeking assistance from the courts in order to expedite one final mandatory hurdle before excavation can begin. So as we've talked about, the plan is to put the building on 16 jacks and to raise it one inch at a time. 29 feet into the air. In this article that we're going to be talking about by Forbes, the engineer goes through it and says this is a fairly easy process. There shouldn't be any problems. As long as you can get it up one inch, then everything after that is fine. The plan is to then create 70,000 square feet of retail space on the ground floor and three underground floors as well. Well, according to Forbes, the construction team is required to, quote, complete a pre-construction survey of the surrounding area and install vibration sensors and crack gauges on the neighboring properties. However, according to a court petition, the palace's neighbors at 1552 through 1560 Broadway have been dragging their feet on granting access to those inspections and those monitoring devices all the way since August of 2017, where they were initially asked. Now, by the way, in case you're asking, that is where the Express Men's Clothing Store uh, is currently located. I'm sure Express doesn't own the building, but that's where it's located. Anyway, according to the article, after ignoring months of standard attempts to complete the code-required inspections, the owners of the two buildings, the the palace and where Express is, decided on an agreement in December in which the palace developers would put a – predetermined amount of money in escrow for potential legal and engineering fees. That money was put aside last month, but the owners of the Express's building have still not allowed the developers to do their inspections or to install their monitoring sensors. So the developers of the palace have now asked for a court-ordered license, quote, to install code-required protections at the adjacent premises in order to prevent further delays to the project. Now, James, major construction, especially in midtown Manhattan, I'm sure, is always fraught with delays and required code enforcements and, you know, whatever kind of wranglings that have to go on of this nature. But
1: this sure doesn't seem like the start
0: you want to have for such a major project.
1: Yeah, this is uh, kind of. Shocking! I, all of the things that they're trying to do at the building site for the palace theater is normal: installing sensors and crack sensors and things like that. All of that stuff is is standard uh, course, uh, and it's and it's shocking that the other buildings just ignoring them. And there actually are a handful of um, people associated with the other buildings, so. Um, I, I'm shocked that that happened, but uh, I'm sure that, that it'll get all sorted out and, and uh, you know, I guess we'll hear more about this. I'm glad Mark Harshberg is staying on top of this. Yeah,
0: I mean, do, what I mean, what could the, the reasoning be? Is it just that there's a ton of people there and they're trying to figure out the best way to do it or are they trying to figure out some way that they can, <laughs> I don't know, make some money off of this? And uh, it just seems like it, that's what it's got to be, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think that they're looking for some sort of – They're they're, the other project is starting, and so now it's costing the people that are building at the Palace site uh, money. So the other building is waiting for a larger payout. So uh, an inconvenience fee, things like that. Yeah, yeah. New York real estate is so sleazy. I can't stand it.
0: Yeah, I hope no one from New York real estate ever ends up running for public office. Oh my God, that'd be the
1: worst thing ever. Could you imagine? Truth, it would
0: be the worst thing
1: ever. Yeah. Oh, right. All right, next up in the news uh, Broadway Con previews the spring musicals.
0: Yeah, James, one of the last events of, of Broadway Con 2019
1: was a preview
0: of the upcoming
1: spring season. Now,
0: I, I will say, <laughs>
1: wh- what? Why are you laughing? I, I saw that session description, Broadway Con 2019 preview. And I didn't realize it was a preview of the spring season musicals. I thought it was like a preview of the next Broadway con. Oh. Anyway, so <laughs> no. so I didn't go to yeah. it. So yeah. I was like, uh, I was like, Laura, let's go home. I don't need to see yeah. that session.
0: Yeah. Well, what it, what it was is is a number of people associated with upcoming musicals performed. Now it was originally scheduled for two hours, um, but apparently they only ended up doing one hour, and it was a lot fewer performances and they've had in years past, so I don't know what that's all about. But it was hosted by Julie Halston, who's fantastic, and she's in the cast of the upcoming musical Tootsie. They had a number of performances, and we'll have videos to all of them uh, in the show notes, and I'm sure they're in other places as well. But the performances that did happen uh, one of them was from Hadestown composer Anais Mitchell. She, <laughs> Speaking of sleazy uh, New York City real estate people, she played a song called We Build the Wall um, from Hadestown. Now, obviously, that cast is performing in London still. Um, that show runs for a couple more weeks over uh, in London, so they didn't have any cast members. But she explained that she originally put – Town together back in 2010. Um, it was as like a community theater project and then went on to be a very successful album. And then it was turn- eventually turned into the off-Broadway production uh, and eventually this Broadway production that we know. So she said this song far predates said real estate person and um, had nothing really to do with that, but it is so prescient. Um, the thoughts that Patrick Page's character Hades uh, says in that song. So that's a great kind of cool stripped-down performance that she did. We also had a performance by Sophia Ann Caruso. She sang Dead Mom from Beetlejuice. Apparently this is a slightly different version than the one that was done in Washington, D.C. last year. Um, We, James, you and I heard – uh, Alex Brightman rave about Sophia Ann Caruso, about how she is going to be um, a huge star. And if you watch this video of her singing the song, you can definitely tell why. Then we also had two – we actually had two performances from Tootsie, um, one by Lily Cooper, one by Sarah Styles, And it's so interesting to me, James, that these um, – this this show is coming so close on the heels of the band's visit because it shows you just how diverse the writing styles and the writing talents of David Yazbek are because this sounds Nothing like the bands of it, it is very much in line with things like the Full Monty and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Um, I mean, it's, it actually sounds very much in that universe, which I guess makes sense because those are both, uh, you know, uh, very you know similarish movies in terms of style. Um, so you would imagine that the the, the musicals. Uh, musical versions would be as well. So we'll have videos to that. And then uh, finally, Stephanie Styles. I don't think any relation to Sarah Stiles, mm-hmm. um, say, saying always true to you in my fashion from Kiss Me Kate. She actually sang it to Julie Halston, at least for the first part. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and then there was also apparently an extended preview for Moulin Rouge, which wasn't allowed to be shared on Broadway sites. Um, it might be on social media from people who are in attendance if you want to see it, but it apparently was a, a shorter clip of a full trailer that is a apparently going to be released on Valentine's Day, and apparently it went over very, very well in the hall at Broadway con so a ton of performances that you can check out interestingly, all by women um so that's good um but we'll see what happens uh with these shows as they move forward, and we start to see more from them because it um it's looking like it's going to be a very very jam packed spring season on Broadway,
1: yeah. Uh and so that's really good. I'm interested why the Moulin Rouge people would make a public private private public performance type of thing because certainly it's gonna it's gonna be out there. We just have to look for it mm-hmm. uh, you know prevent the major sites that support you in everything you do <laughs> okay <laughs> What's up in this week's theatrical schedule? all right it's still not a lot going on it's
0: still mm-hmm. in those very 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 cold uh weeks but um very cold man <laughs> i'm i'm telling you like they normally freeze, i like man. to walk i normally i like to walk around and stuff and i just no not at all i yeah. Anyway. OK, so uh, opening tonight off Broadway from the Ensemble for the Romantic Century, uh, it, it is a play called Maestro. This show by Eve Wolf starred stage and screen star John Noble as legendary conductor Arturo Descanini. Uh He uh, apparently refused to perform in Italy and Germany in the middle part of the 20th century and made regular trips to Palestine to conduct an orchestra made up of Jewish refugees. Maestro plays through February 9th at the Duke on 42nd. Then on Tuesday, the classic stage company begins a repertory production of two adaptations of plays by August Strindberg. The first, which begins performances on Tuesday, is Ms. Julie by Yael Farber and directed by Sharifa Ali. This one resets Strindberg's classic *Miss Julie in South Africa as the country transitions to democracy in the mid-1990s. The other show will begin performances on Thursday and is a new version of The Dance of Death written by Connor McPherson and and directed by Tony winner Victoria Clark. We've talked about uh, here before about how she – always wanted to be a director and now she's getting some opportunities. So this should be great. Um, the show is about a married couple that absolutely despises each other, but because of living somewhat in isolation are completely codependent on one another. That sounds like that is just a hoot and a half. Um, the plays are currently scheduled to run through March 10th. And then on Sunday, we have a a number of closings. First school of rock on Broadway will close at the winter garden theater. Of course, James, we saw, um, Alex Brightman, as I mentioned before, on the broad-waisted panel, and he talked about he's going right back into his dressing room at the Winter Garden where he was for School of Rock. So that will be very cool for them. Then we'll also have the closing of the new one, Mike Berbiglia's show. I uh, saw a panel on Industry Day at BroadwayCon with Mike Berbiglia. He's a really interesting guy and had some really fun things to talk about. But he is closing the new one at the court. King Lear with uh, Glenda Jackson will be getting performances in February. And then finally over in the West End – actually, it's not finally. It will be – first because of other, the time differences but the final performance of matthew lopez's the inheritance will play in the west end at the noel coward theater uh this one i it, it's coming to broadway i don't know when but it will be uh in new york sometime i would imagine during the 2019 2020 season uh, and uh it's gotten really tremendous reviews from a lot of folks so it'll be interesting to see what happens with this one when it makes the trek across
1: the pond you know how plays get to broadway right uh, how's that? One inch at a time.
0: <laughs>
1: so much like the Palace Theater being Much well, like first. the yes. Palace Theater, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow
0: us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Readin. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. James, I am heading out of town. I am heading to the airport shortly so uh
1: i'm bidding this bitter bitter coldness oh, goodbye i'm gonna say you're uh, you don't care what they offer you uh, you're out of town because this is just you're a snowbird you're it's heading to florida <laughs> too damn much too damn cold and my name is james marino from broadwayvideo.com and broadwaystars.com thanks for kicking off your week with us and uh, matt and i'll be back and talk with you tomorrow